I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. KeyForX is developing a pipeline of orally delivered tyrosine kinase inhibitors to treat neurodegenerative diseases. It has a portfolio of these drugs that it is optimized to penetrate the brain, clear damaged cells, and, and treat these conditions through the bulk disposal of disease-causing toxic proteins. It believes its approach offers the potential to significantly improve on current treatments, which it calls primarily palliative, because they fail to adequately eliminate the toxic proteins at the root of these deadly diseases. We spoke to Kiefer Rx CEO Chris Hoyt and co-founder and head of the company's scientific advisory board, Shabel Musa, about how it has repurposed and optimized a cancer therapy to treat neurodegenerative diseases and why it may have broad application across these conditions. Chris Sharbo, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you, uh, Danny, very much for having us. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us to, show, to this talk. We're going to talk about neurodegenerative diseases, KeyForX, and its efforts to develop tyrosine kinase inhibitors to treat these conditions. I suspect most listeners will be familiar with tyrosine kinase inhibitors in the context of cancer. Forgive me. What are tyrosine kinases and what are their function within the body? Generally, tyrosine kinases, um, uh, we don't have a lot of tyrosine kinases in our body. Um, uh, probably there is less than 100 in uh, Homo sapiens. Their function um, is really um, double-edged. Uh, in one hand, tyrosine kinases are involved in uh, uh, multiplication or division of cells. And on another hand, they are involved in a process called autophagy or uh, degradation of unwanted materials in the cell. So that's generally what tyrosine kinases uh, are for, and that's what they do. Within the context of neurodegenerative diseases, what role do they play? Within the context of neurodegenerative diseases, their main role is a degradation of unwanted proteins. In neurodegenerative diseases, uh, a common denominator in all uh, these diseases, or on all, including Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's, um, and um, other neurodegenerative diseases, a signature of these diseases is accumulation of proteins that basically build up in the brain over time, and they and they become toxic. Uh, tyrosine kinases, when they fail to um, uh, they fail to degrade these proteins. Uh, we we get neurodegenerative diseases. So when we inhibit them, uh, we trigger this uh, mechanism called autophagy or clearing of the cell, and these toxic proteins uh, are degraded uh, and the cell comes back to normal. You're pursuing a, a range of neurodegenerative diseases. This includes Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, Lewy body dementia, Huntington's disease, and others. Is the belief that they share a common biologic mechanism or commonality 
Correct, they do. Uh, the common, um, uh, as I said, denominator uh, in these diseases is accumulation of, uh, uh, of uh, proteins that are supposed to be normal. We call them housekeeping proteins. However, um, due to some uh, environmental factors, aging and perhaps uh, genetic mutation, different proteins accumulate in different brain areas and they cause either uh, cognitive dysfunctions or motor symptoms. Uh, and therefore, uh, if you try to target these proteins to degrade them, to degrade the misfolded part of these proteins that are toxic, uh, is, um, is a highly desirable uh, um, strategy. Your lead experimental candidate is nilotinib BE, an optimized lower dose formulation of nilotinib. What is nilotinib? What is it used for today? Yeah, this is a, a great question. So um, the um, uh, nilotinib uh, is uh, also known as Tasigna. It's used today. It's FDA approved uh, for the treatment of a type of uh, blood cancer called leukemia. Uh, however, nilotinib is used at, at doses that are significantly high uh, of 600 to 1200 milligrams in leukemia. In neurodegenerative diseases, uh, we've actually uh, lowered this uh, dose of the drug to enable it to get into the brain. And uh, when we made the new formulation of the drug, we actually made sure that we go down from 600 to 84 milligrams of, uh, of uh, nilotinib uh, for the for the drug to uh, bypass the blood-brain barrier and gets into the brain to trigger autophagy and clean the brain. Uh, how did you come to recognize its potential in treating neurodegenerative conditions? Uh, the initial step in uh, in determining the effect of uh, uh, of nilotinib, uh, we actually. Uh, do understand that uh, basically cancer is the flip side of neurodegenerative diseases, um, you know, uh, particularly when it comes to the treatment. In cancer, what we do, we use drugs that can degrade some unwanted uh, molecules. These molecules are called oncogenes uh, or transcription factors, which in turn um, uh, uh, cause the cell to multiply, to reproduce, and uh, we, we develop a tumor, like from a cell we develop 100,000 or a billion cells. Uh, the, 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 the role of these tyrosine kinase inhibitors is to basically shut down cell division and kill or suffocate the tumor. In neurodegenerative diseases, we are born with uh, cells that have to live with us all our life. Uh, if we have accumulation of unwanted proteins, uh, then the cell uh, actually uh, is clogged and it suffocates and it dies. So in a way, if you use uh, these drugs to, uh, in cancer to shut, down, uh, to shut down mitosis or to clean the cell, uh, that would, it would be beneficial in both cancer and neurodegenerative diseases. So initially, we tried uh, experiments with a number of um, more than two dozens of different drugs that are currently used for cancer treatment in cells that are either cancer cells or cells that are uh, cells which are derived from, um, uh, from neurodegenerative diseases. And we saw that upon application of these drugs, particularly nilotinib, uh, the cancer cells die. Uh, which would uh, be expected. However, the cells that were derived from neurodegenerative diseases or uh, patients of neurodegenerative diseases 
they uh, actually survived and they uh, uh, the the uh, the drug increased the survival of these cells so upon further examination we found that these drugs did in fact uh, clear uh, toxic proteins that cause a neurodegeneration in the brain so that's how uh, we come to know about or learn about this uh, class of drugs in neurodegenerative diseases and by repurposing an existing cancer therapy how does that accelerate the clinical development path for you um it does significantly um increase the the the, the regulatory path because here you have a drug uh, like nilotinib uh, that has been used in over uh, 6000 6, patients over the last 10 years the drug was approved in 2007 there is a wealth of information we know about the safety of the drug, even though uh, the drug is given at a higher dose in cancer. So um, knowing the safety of the drug is a of a paramount importance in drug development. Uh, so uh, we really, what we really need to look at right now, we need to uh, do further analysis of uh, how um, how uh, safe a lower dose of the drug, and we're talking about 84 milligrams compared to 600 as a minimum, and also how efficacious it is. So uh, it is a, a major step in basically uh, not having to redo all the safety and tolerability uh, exams or tests or clinical trials to tell us whether the drug is safe or not. We also saw we saw some of this benefit in terms of a shortened regulatory path, you know, just in our IND submission with the FDA. I mean, we were able to get through that process in, in three months and get the ability to proceed into our phase three trial. And so that shorter pathway was was very evident uh, to us so far. Uh, you're conducting a phase three clinical trial in early Alzheimer's disease. Use of the drug is expected to reduce protein misfolding and aggregation, including amyloid. Is the expectation that this will halt progression, slow progression, or doesn't have the potential to even reverse it at all? In early Alzheimer's disease, they, uh, the, our aim is to halt the progression of uh, Alzheimer's disease. So in a way, uh, if you halt the progression of Alzheimer's disease in the very early stages, um, you know, you've kind of, you, 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 you basically uh, stop the, stop the disease altogether. So, um, uh, yeah, our, our, uh, our, uh, preliminary data or our phase two data show that, um, there is an effect, uh, specifically on what we call executive functioning or the, you know, the, uh, the early memory loss, if you like, or cognitive loss in Alzheimer's disease. So that is complete reversal of this, um, uh, of this cognitive, if you like, uh, decline. Uh, if you go to early Alzheimer's disease, uh, you're going to halt it. And with the improvement of executive functioning, uh, there is uh, most likely reversal of uh, the cognitive decline that we see very early on in the disease. The trial is in early patients. What are you doing to identify them? How do you determine someone who's early in the disease and, and how early do they need to be? Um, they need to be uh, very early in the disease. Uh, there are several diagnostic criteria that we are using to make sure that patients uh, have actually Alzheimer's disease. One of them is, of course, the patient has to um, uh, present with some memory impairment, particularly like uh, executive functioning, uh, early, very early stages of, uh, you know, dementia. The, we have to supplement that, and or we will supplement that with uh, a diagnostic imaging uh, or, or a diagnostic uh, um, 
um, yeah, diagnostic imaging to show that the patients do actually have amyloid in their brain. Uh, we know that the presence of amyloid in the brain together with cognitive impairment is uh, an indication of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, and the patients have to be uh, ex uh, patients who have other conditions uh, like uh, uh, the uh, conditions which are likely to cause them dementia, like deficiency in vitamins, uh, uh, traumatic brain injury before, or other diseases will be excluded. So our aim is to rely on both uh, biomarkers uh, for, diag for diagnosis and also clinical diagnosis of dementia to make sure that these patients are uh, early Alzheimer's disease. How challenging is it to identify patients with early disease? It is significantly challenging uh, to identify patients with early Alzheimer's disease. Um, however, uh, when you are doing a clinical trial, uh, there are uh, sets of inclusion and exclusion criteria that you have to follow. So once you uh, follow the inclusion and exclusion criteria um, um, in compliance with the written protocol that you have, you are very likely to eliminate all dementias that are really not Alzheimer's disease and include other dementias or cognitive impairments that are uh, likely to be Alzheimer's disease. So uh, although it's difficult to say um, uh, quickly, I would say uh, that, uh, you know, uh, from the first visit that a patient has Alzheimer's disease, uh, patients do have history of uh, Alzheimer's, uh, patients do have um, uh, significant uh, prior or historical, if you like, clinical and diagnostic exams for us to confirm that the patient is early Alzheimer's disease. What are the endpoints for the study and, and how many patients do you expect to enroll? The endpoint of the study uh, being a phase three study is uh, really reduction of the severity uh, of uh, dementia or halting the dementia in patients with early Alzheimer's disease. This will be also coupled with uh, biomarker testing. Particularly, we will be looking at, uh, uh, at uh, the brain to see if there is a reduction in the level of amyloid uh, in correlation with the uh, uh, with halting the cognitive uh, impairment in these patients. Uh, the the study will in uh, will include uh, is a multi center study. It's a U.S. wide study. Uh, there will be almost uh, fifty to sixty five study centers. It will include uh, twelve hundred and seventy five patients uh, that will, who will be randomized into three different groups. Uh, of placebo, um, uh, 184 milligrams, which is the lowest dose of nilotinib PE, and 112 milligrams, which is a higher dose. And these patients will be treated uh, for uh, a year and a half with the drug uh, that will be testing at the beginning and testing at the end of the study uh, to make sure that uh, the placebo group is uh, significantly uh, and clinically different from the drug groups after a year and a half of treatment. Phase three trials are often where promising Alzheimer's disease drugs go to die. Why start with that indication, particularly given concerns that targeting amyloid may not be the most effective strategy? That is an excellent question. Um, yes, uh, we are pursuing Alzheimer's disease be uh, because we are exceptionally confident that this study, uh, that this drug, targets multiple, multiple uh, pathologies in Alzheimer's disease. So prior studies targeted amyloid, 
And unfortunately, we see that targeting amyloid is not by itself sufficient, although it probably is necessary in Alzheimer's disease, not sufficient to um, prevent cognitive decline. In, in, our, in our case, uh, with nilotinib BE, we have conducted phase two studies, and we've shown that uh, the drug, uh, when it triggers autophagy, when it triggers this, uh, uh, if you like, degradative machine in the brain, it does not discriminate between multiple proteins that accumulate. So we are targeting both amyloid and tau. Uh, also, uh, we have shown that um, nilotinib is a drug that protects the blood-brain barrier or protects leakage in the brain. If you target amyloid uh, by itself, it seems that we are uh, uh, getting increased edema in the brain or increased swelling. So nilotinib, uh, as an additional target to uh, uh, clearing amyloid, it's actually protecting the blood-brain barrier and preventing, uh, preventing the breakdown of the brain and leakage, as we see with other drugs. And very importantly, uh, when we look at nilotinib in um, in uh, uh, in uh, 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 in uh, overall, uh, when we clear amyloid in the brain, including uh, beta amyloid that forms blocks and uh, tau that forms tangles, uh, we also see that there is uh, a significantly reduced level of inflammation and inflammatory markers, and that's probably due to both. Uh, reduction of amyloid and also protection of the blood-brain barrier. So we think that this is uh, a superior, uh, a superior drug to study because uh, it uh, targets multiple pathologies at the same time. And we've shown in our clinical trial, even though that the phase two trial is not designed uh, to show clinical effects, we show, we've shown that uh, nilotinib does actually prevent the progression of dementia uh, in the patients that we studied. So uh, overall, we think that this is uh, uh, not a drug that um, uh, that is similar to other drugs that either have failed or have been registered and they have significant side effects. Yeah, I, I would also, sorry, just add real quick, I mean, that there's obviously significant unmet need in Alzheimer's. While, while you're, you're correct that there's been obviously a lot of activity in the space in phase three that, that hadn't progressed uh, the way the sponsors want, there's you know, both a sort of huge market need uh, and an unmet need there, which is also important to us. Well, the company has completed clinical trials of nilotinib in Parkinson's disease and is currently conducting clinical trials in Lewy body dementia and Huntington's disease through Georgetown University. Mm -hmm. What's known about the safety and efficacy of the drug from any of these studies to date? We, we're not seeing any, um, any side effects, uh, and I, I think this is uh, primarily due to the low dose of the drug we are studying compared to cancer. We are not seeing any side effects that uh, are uncommon in the patient population that we are studying. Uh, so there is no uh, red flags associated with uh, the safety of this drug at all, specifically that we are using uh, a, a lower dose of the drug. You completed a Series A in December for $6 million. That's not a lot of money given the indications you're pursuing. How far will this take you and what's the plan to finance the company from here? Sure. Yeah, no. And so the Series A was really just designed to provide the capital that was required under our license agreement with Georgetown and also provides us working capital for the development of our jutinib uh, compounds, which are earlier stage compounds that were developed at Dr. Moose's lab. So, you know, we, we are now, uh, we launched a 
$100 million financing last quarter uh, that's solely focused on our Alzheimer's trial and fully funding that trial. Chris Hoyt, CEO of KeyFarX and Sharbal Musa, co-founder and director of the company's scientific advisory board. Chris, Sharbal, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send an email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.